Hello, I'm, uh, I'm Nate Thornton, and uh, welcome to E-Free. Uh, let me open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for just this blessing of having a youth Sunday, and I pray that you will just bless all the speakers and give them the words that the congregation needs to hear. Um, just thank you for this opportunity. I pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, I'm Nate Thornton, and I'm a senior at Midland High School. And I also work here on staff as the assistant to the tech director. And today, you guys will get to hear about Daniel, Josiah, and David, three young men from the Bible who made a huge impact. I will be talking about Daniel. He was taken captive as a youth from the country of Judah and taken to the land of Babylon as a slave to the king Nebuchadnezzar. As a captive... Daniel had to be uprooted from his friends and family, taken to another country, and forced to learn a different lifestyle for three years before he had to enter the royal service of the king. He was a slave in constant fear of death and imprisonment. As a part of his training, he got to eat from the king's table, and that didn't follow the Israelite diet from the Mosaic law. As written in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 26 and 27, We learn in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, that Daniel resolved that he could not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. This goes to show that Daniel says no, not only to food, but no to what would be considered the best food. Food fit for a king. I feel that in this world, a lot of people in media try to tell us what would make us happy, what was better for us, what is the best. But as a Christian, it's our job to read our Bible, to know what God has to say for us. We should know what we can consume and what we cannot consume, not only with our mouths, but our eyes and our ears. Should you listen to this music? Should you watch these kind of movies? How, how do you know? Daniel knew because he knew the law in God's word. We can know the same things just by simply reading our Bible. It has everything you need to know. Going back to Daniel chapter 1 verse 9, it states that Daniel gave God favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Daniel didn't have to bargain or plead. He just trusted God and prayed and stayed true to his convictions. We as believers need to remember that God will always fulfill his promises if we are faithful. In chapter In verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, As for these youths, God gave them learning and skill and literature and wisdom, and he gave them understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 20 states that in the matter of wisdom and understanding, which they inquired of them, they found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in the kingdom. As many of you heard on this stage before, the Lord will reward. And as you can see, he did as he gave his faithful servants many blessings and protections. I would like to challenge all of you this morning to be more like Daniel. Know your Bible, stay true to your convictions, and live a life that can influence the world around you. When you feel like you've been taken captive by this world or trapped, God has a plan for you and can use you. I'd like to conclude by thanking all of you for listening today and can't wait for you guys to hear about King Josiah up next. Have a nice day.
Hi, everyone. My name is Jordan Warner. I'm a senior at Midland High School this year. I'm involved in tennis and golf at the school. I work at Lalonde's. I'm a student captain here at Extreme, and I'm the student body treasurer for Midland High School. Uh, I'd like to start off with a little bit of background on King Josiah. Uh, so King Josiah uh, started his reign when he was eight, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. In his 18th year, King Josiah started a re temple rebuild, and he sent out his secretary, Shapin, to oversee the rebuild and make sure everything happened the way that it should. I'd like to start off with some reading from 2 Kings 22, uh, verses 8 through 11. It says, And Hilkiah the high priest said to Shapin the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shapin, and he read it. And Shapin the secretary came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that or emptied out the money that was found in the house and had delivered it to the hand of the workmen who had the oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shapin the secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shapin read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. King Josiah tearing his robes was an act of repentance and a start to a new beginning in his leadership. He knew that the way that he had been leading Judah was wrong, and he needed to make a change. I'd also like to read from verses 16 through 20. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with their work of their hands. Therefore, the wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But the king of Judah, who sent, out, sent you out to inquire the Lord, thus shall you, you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was patient, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And I brought back the, king, the word to the king. Because Josiah was obedient and he knew that the way that he has been leading was wrong, he got mercy from the Lord. The key part here was that he ch had the change of heart and he made that act of repentance. I love that last part. It talks about uh, them bringing the word back to the king. And that kind of provides a happy ending or a seal to the end, um, which I'm a fan of and I'm sure other people who read the scripture enjoy as well. King Josiah knows what is right. Without hesitation, King Josiah uh, sends his people out and starts to change the way that Judah is being ruled. He knows what is right, even, even though he is young. Um, that doesn't allow the way for him to change uh, Judah being ruled. I'd also like to bring up uh, 2 Kings 22 too. Uh, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Um, even though he is young, he can be confident in his decisions um, if he knows that they are for the Lord. 
I should not be intimidated by the way that I do things um, if I'm confident that the Lord is with me. As a student body treasurer, I am in a position where I have some peers that look up to me and I claim to be a Christian and act that way in my life. Um, And so I should strive to be like King Josiah. My goal is to be the same everywhere that I am, at church, at school, on the golf course, on the tennis court, and at work. And I strive to be like King Josiah in the way that the Lord brought to his attention, the way that he was doing things was wrong, and he had that instant change of heart. Now you'd like to, or now uh, you're going to hear about David. Thank you. Hi, my name is Braden, and I am a senior in high school and a student captain at uh, Extreme. In the next few minutes, I'll be telling you about David and how he defeated Goliath. But it may not be how you think, because the very steps that David took to defeat Goliath, you too can take in your own life. David's story starts in 1 Samuel 16, 13, saying, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David, so, being filled with the Spirit plays an important role in David's life, and he does what he does is only because he was filled with Spirit in the being of during his young life. Then, in Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Here, it says that we need to be filled with the Spirit, just as David was. Here, Paul tells us also how we are to be, that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And then if you're wondering how we get filled with the Spirit, Peter clearly tells us how to receive the Spirit in Acts 2.38. It says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this tells us that we all receive the Holy Spirit when we become Christians and repent and believe in Jesus, just as David did when he was anointed. But this is not some overly hard, complicated process of being anointed and being king. All we have to do is repent and believe in Jesus. So this is the first step in David's life that we must and can take in our lives. The next big thing that happened to David is what we all often know David for, and that is of David and Goliath, of how David fought Goliath with three stones and a sling and defeated him. But there is more to how David defeated Goliath, and it all started one day when David's father told him to go bring food for his brothers in, in fighting in an army. And when David was there, he saw Goliath challenging God's army. In 1 Samuel 17, 26, it says, David asked the men standing near him, Well be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Here, David focuses on how Philistines defying God and disgracing the Israelite army. And this, he's very appalled by the fact that no one has challenged or stopped the giant here. Then in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 33 to 37, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, 
I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has both killed the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See how David, even as a young man, chooses to fight Goliath, a man that everyone in Israel is afraid of and no one is willing to fight. Goliath had been challenging the Israelite army for 40 days and no one had done anything about it. But when David showed up, he decided he, he chose to fight Goliath. But you might be thinking and read this verse and think, oh, it was because David had fought lions and bears that that's why he could fight Goliath. But in verse 37, it lets us know that the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of the Philistine. So it was not of David's strength that he could fight the lion and the bear, nor his strength to fight Philistine, Goliath, but because God was there to save him. It was because David trusted in God to protect him from the lion, and God trusted in him, or David trusted in God to protect him from Goliath. That's why he was able to defeat Goliath. But also, as we saw from earlier, David's reason for fighting and Goliath was not for his own glory, but rather for God's glory. Even after killing Goliath, David knew of the great reward of killing Goliath. The king had offered a great reward if someone was willing to challenge and defeat Goliath. But David did not accept or take this reward, even though he could. Then, later on, all this was possible only because he trusted in God, was filled with spirit, and did everything for the glory of God. Trusting in God has been really applied to me recently when Pastor Chuck asked me if I'd be willing to do the sermon this Sunday. I was very nervous and... I had never done anything like this before, but I realized I just need to trust in God, and I realized if I did it, it was for the glory of God and not for my own self. Then, so the first step that David took was being filled with spirit, and we all need to take that step of being filled with spirit. None of the other steps are really possible without first becoming a Christian and being filled with spirit. The second step is to trust in God no matter what. Just as David trusted God, to fight Goliath even at his young age. The next step that David took and that we need to take is to do everything for the glory of God. As Christians, we need to trust in God in, and the Spirit to help us, but we need to make sure that we, when we trust God, we are doing not trusting God to help us do what we want, but trusting God for the glory of him and not for ourselves. Then, and this leads me into the fourth and final step, And that is letting God use us for what he wants. We need to let him lead us to do what he wants and show us what to do. Just as David may have never even seen or fought Goliath if he hadn't simply obeyed his dad by bringing his brother's food in the army. If he would have simply not obeyed his dad, he may have never done this. But simply by obeying his father and doing what God tells us to do, he was led to fight and defeat Goliath. So, these are your four steps that David took. First, to be filled with spirit. Second, to trust in God. Third, to do everything for the glory of God. And fourth, and finally, to let God lead you to do his will. These are the four steps that you can take in your life too.